Welcome to the White Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. Listening to Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now, here are your hosts Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 426 of Linux in the Hamshack. The most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. This is our Weekender edition, and if the information in the Etherpad is to be believed, this is the 76th installment, but somehow I feel like it's the 77th. Probably is. I didn't change that. Number, yeah. So you, you didn't change it. It's the 77th. Sorry. That's right. <laughs> I'll just change it now. <laughs> All right. This is the 77th installment of the Weekender, where we talk about amateur radio contests and upcoming special events open source events, things that you can do in the open source and amateur radio world over the next couple of weeks. And then we delve into hedonism where we dive into our basal nature and talk about food and alcohol and song and all the things that make life worth living. And that's why we call this the weekender because it's all about the weekends. Anyway, let's go ahead and jump right into it. I'm Russ K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. And the last voice you heard is the first voice you're going to hear again because he's the one who brings us all the upcoming contests in the amateur radio world. And we'll let him tell you what's coming up over the next couple of weeks. All right. And these things always come from contestcalendar.com, the most wonderful, amazing contestcalendar.com that you can find on the interwebs. So there you go. This weekend, we have a couple of single sideband contests to talk about, uh, both in two different areas of the world. The first one is the IARU Region 1, or IRU Region 1 Field Day. So their field day over in Europe is this weekend. It starts uh, 1300 Zulu September 4th to 1259 Zulu September 5th. Bands are 160 through 10, obviously no work or 60 meters. Single sideband is the mode. And again, they're focusing on Europe to Europe contacts, but I'm sure if you want to work some Europe, there'll be lots of them on and they will definitely take your calls. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> obviously, there. I, I think it's kind of like ours where DX contests and field day, uh, um, I think they just count as regular contacts. I'm not sure. I don't think you get like a multiplier for it. But anyway, check the rules out. The link is in the show notes for the rules. So uh, just go out and try that contest. The other contest is the All Asian DX Contest. And that runs from 0000 Zulu to September 4th to 2400 Zulu, September 5th. Uh, bands there are 160 through 10. And modes, single sideband. So we get a couple of voice contests. And, uh, of course, their focus is on Asia. So, uh, yeah, good good opportunity to point your antenna in two different directions and uh, work both uh, both contests and see if you can get some DX out of it. Uh, the state Custo party challenge for this week is Colorado and Tennessee. So if you're looking for those states to fill your bingo, fill your bingo card with, uh, this is the weekend to get those two states. 
Next weekend, we have the Worked All Europe DX Contest. It runs from 000 Zulu, September 11th to 2359 Zulu, September 12th. Bands there are 80 meters through 10 meters, no work or 60. Modes are single sideband. And of course, if you didn't get a, any opportunity to get Europe during their field day, this is the weekend to get them because they're looking for DX. So uh, this will be a good opportunity to work some Europe contacts and fill in your, your bubble chart for for countries confirmed over in Europe. So uh, give that one a try. Also, we have the ARRL September VHF contest. Always a winner. It uh, runs from 1800 Zulu September 11th to 0300 Zulu September 13th, six meters and up. So most of you with an HF rig probably have six meters. It's time to uh, dust that off and uh, see if uh, we can finish out, uh, finish out six meter season strong. And uh, if you got some of the other bands, you get more points uh, for every contact. So uh, it's time to start trying out some of that VHF uh, multi-mode gear that you have sitting around, maybe gathering some dust. Uh, there'll be lots of rovers out, so uh, it should be a fun contest like uh, the June VHF contest is. Uh, what do we have for state QSO party challenges? We have Alabama. So uh, Tony's going to be on the air, right? Tony will be uh, on the air for the QSO party challenge. <laughs> <laughs> committing him right now, right? <laughs> Representing Alabama. So uh, the other L.A., right? No, lower Alabama. Um, so, yeah, get on the air and uh, check out those contests uh, over these next uh, next two weeks or a fortnight. All right, very good. And we also have a bunch of special event stations coming up in amateur radio as well. I'm going to list a few of them here. Uh, one sort of major one we've got is the 20th annual 9-11 commemoration to you know, commemorate 20 years since 9-11-2001. This will be operating, you know, kind of all over the place, September 4th through September 12th. Uh, there's a call sign Kilo 4 Alpha, but there's also other call signs like November 7 Foxtrot, November 3 Mike, and Whiskey 2 Tango, all commemorating the 20th anniversary of November, or <laughs> November, September 11th. Um, they, they list, you know, CW digital phone frequencies and everything, but there's, there's so many special events there that, you know, you should be able to just tune anywhere and find something. Um, let's see, CW operations on this particular station will be 50 kilohertz up from the bottom of the band. Uh, FT8 will be on normal operating frequencies. And then of course, the, all the other call signs you can look up on QRZ or, or Google them or whatever, and find out all their specific details. So lots of lots of stuff between September fourth and September twelfth. So and possibly beyond, depending on each station's operating. Next we have the National POWMIA Recognition Day. We've talked about this one in the past before. This is operating September eleventh through the nineteenth, twenty twenty one on CW digital phone and satellite frequencies seven dot one nine five, fourteen dot two six five, eighteen dot one five, and two dot twenty eight dot four. Call sign on this is Kilo 4 MIA, K4 MIA. Observance of National POW MIA Recognition Day are held across the country on the third Friday in September each year. This year it will be on September 17. This will be the 13th year the special event station has been activated. The day was established to honor our prisoners of war and those who are still missing in action. There will be sister stations K4 MIA Stroke 1, 5, 7, and 8 in operation. Days listed above our primary operational days and modes will be SSB, CW, FG8, and satellite. Throughout the month of September, K4MIA will hopefully try EME, microwave, and other less used digital modes. See QRZ for additional information and a copy of this year's QSL card. Because of the volume of requests, 
you must send a self-addressed stamped envelope to get a return QSL. Please take time to remember our POWs and MIAs, as well as their families. Another big one that's coming up is Route 66 on the air, R66 ODA, and that's operating from September 11th through the 19th, 2021. Uh, there'll be lots of frequencies. Most of them will be ending in 6.6, like 3.866, 7.266, so on and so forth. CW digital and phone will all be possible. There are 22 call signs involved, starting at Whiskey 6 Alpha and going through Whiskey 6 Victor. So lots of call signs to connect with. Come join the fun celebrating the road that built America. Opened in 1926, U.S. Route 66 was the first major improved highway to link the West Coast with the nation's heartland. It once served as a backdrop for a popular TV show and has been the subject of songs and stories. There will be 21 stations, actually 22, uh, operating in or around the major cities from Route 66 in Santa Monica through Chicago, Illinois. They will use the one by one W6 prefixes we just mentioned, and they'll be out there. And uh, I assume that at some point during the operations, I'll be out at the W6R station, you know, operating a little bit myself. So because W6R is the one that operates out of this area, because we're just a stone's throw from Route 66. Unlike Bill, who's like a million stone throws from Route 66. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, and the last one I just had to throw in here, because it was probably going to come up, you know, too late to mention on the next one, but it's International Talk Like a Pirate Day. Uh, this will operate from 1300 Zulu on September 18th through 2200 Zulu on September 19th. And the call sign will be Kilo 9 Papa. It's sad there's no R in the call that sign. That should be but... ARG, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, frequencies on are about 3.812, 7.212, and 14.262. CW digital and phone are all possible. And it's a fun event. Talk like a pirate. Know your port and your ship's name, matey. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that one should be fun. And there's lots more. There's lots more. Check out the AWRL contest calendar or special event calendar. There's there were tons of other ones. So it's a, it's an active time for special events for right now. Uh, the announcement I threw in here was to mention the fact that there haven't been any deep dives over the last few weeks, and I want to apologize for that. Uh, Bill was out of town one week. I was sick the next week and trying to assemble deep dive information and get interviews organized around all of that has proved uh, rather difficult. But there are deep dives coming. We will definitely, we're not stopping doing deep dives for sure. We just have to get them organized. And uh, with any luck, episode number 428 will actually be a deep dive. So look forward to that. And uh, anybody else have any announcements before I roll through? Nope. Okay, sounds good. If anybody catches something in the chat room, let me know. Sure. Linux in the Ham Shack Ham Radio Challenge. I said work the Amateur Radio Software Awards special event stations using JS8 call on Linux. I think they're going to be operating for at least the next two or three days. So you still got some time to work them. I've already worked K2A. I want to try and get the other two before they go offline. But I guess we'll see if that happens or not. So... K2A, K2S, and K2R are the ones that are uh, (laughs) operating for the Amateur Radio Software Award Special Events. So get in touch with, uh, what was it? It's uh, it's Klaus and Rich, and who was the other one? Who's K2R or K2S? Because I think R is Richard. K2S was 
he was a gentleman from like the netherlands or something maybe we talked we had them both on the show we had klaus and uh yeah oh, yeah the other guy on the show anyway yeah work those stations work those stations use gs8 call get on there so do it i'm sure uh we'll have the, the that name before too much longer but anyway uh, let's move on to this weekend in open source, and Bill is going to tell you about a new distribution that you can try on your computer. You just don't try it on a Mac Mini 2011 <laughs> mid. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is Endeavor OS, and yes, from the ashes of Antergos. Okay, maybe it's not that dramatic, but when the Antergos project ended in 2019, Endeavor OS was formed to fill the community's desire to keep moving forward. And they have a new release that was just released on uh, uh, the 27th of August, and it combines an offline and online installer. And the offline option installs a fully themed XFCE uh, environment. And the online option provides you with a choice of seven desktop environments, including XFCE, Mate, LXQT, LXQT or Qt, LXQT, uh, Cinnamon, Plasma, Gnome, 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 Budgie, and Tiling Window Managers, i3WM, BSPWM, and Sway. Uh, we already checked uh, the box for all the necessary base install in the online installer menu. So all you have to do is check the box of your desired desktop environment. And I suggest also checking the box for LTS uh, kernel because it seems uh, I'm not the only one that has problems with the kernel. Um, but anyway, the live environment and the off, uh, XFC offline editions are shipping with Calamares uh, 3.2.41. Firefox 91.0.2, Linux kernel 5.13.12, Arch 1-1, uh, Mesa 21.2, and NVIDIA DKMS 470.63.01. Other features that you'll see here when using the auto partitioning in the installer, uh, ButterFS is a, now can be chosen with the possibility to create a file system with a subvolume scheme. Needless to say, the uh, ext4 will still be an option to choose from in the auto partition. Uh, now the Wi-Fi setting used in the live environment will be automatically installed during the installation, so there's no need to re-enter your password for the new installation. Uh, when you choose a DE or window manager that uses LightDM, the settings of LightDM have been improved to prevent a black screen at boot with certain hardware systems, unless you have the Mac Mini, which you, all you get is a black screen. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no light DM at all. Uh, the boot process in the initial boot is uh, more fail-proof. Uh, again, your mileage may vary. Uh, installation process doesn't fetch packages from GitHub anymore, but fetches them from our own repository uh, to prevent failed installs from users in countries where GitHub is blocked or failing due to a personal security settings like firewalls, etc. Another improvement to prevent failed installations is the hugely improved mirror list handling the minimum handling that minimizes the use of bad mirrors. Uh, Calamares has an improved and better design that makes it easier for users to deselect the packages they do, don't need in the selected DE. And it's it's kind of a cool installer. Uh, so you, you, when you're selecting that stuff, you can it has like a little tree. So you tree down to like, say, Budgie, and you'll see all the extra packages they're going to install because you chose Budgie or whatever windowing manager you look at. So you can see some of the custom options that they use for each windowing manager. And if you're not really interested in using, let's say, you know, the, the file explorer like Nautilus or, or one of those things, you can choose a different one. Um, so yeah, it's, it's very flexible and uh, very cool. That's why I was going to try to use it, but it didn't work out anyway. <laughs> and of course the LTS kernel can now be chosen as an option. So you'll see that as an option in your, uh, in your grub uh, when it pops up on the first uh, boot. 
And let's see, uh, let's see. With the help of our moderators, we have successfully implemented the option to use parallel downloads introduced with Pac-Man 6 to choose during install, which increases the installation time with a landslide or maybe by a landslide. Uh, the installation time is already incredibly fast by default compared to the previous ISO, but for people who have fast and reliable internet speed, choosing parallel downloads can be a lightning fast installation experience. I think, I think um, they meant it decreases the installation time. Oh, with a landslide still? In, which increases, oh, choose to. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I just copied and paste, so it's not my yeah. fault. <laughs> no, 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 I think, I think the language might be a barrier there, but I think the whole idea is that the installation would be faster, not slower. So. Yeah, and I do have to say it was fairly slow, but my internet is uh, questionable most of the time. So, um, but that's just, that's just on my side, because I did get to install it. It just never booted after it installed. But anyway, give it a try on some, you know, newer hardware. I might give it another spin on my, uh, on my uh, other Dell I have sitting here that I, uh, I'm probably going to do a little playing around with. But, uh, yeah, check out uh, Endeavor OS. It is an Arch-based uh, uh, Linux and distribution. You should be ashamed of yourself advocating an Arch distro. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I felt dirty trying it, and I got it was karma because it just came back and bit me the it, whole way. It hosed you, so there you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, moving on, we have open source events we can talk about. These are largely, if not entirely, the same ones from last time, because apparently late August and early September are a dead zone for open source conferences. But there are conferences coming up soon within the next three weeks or so. And Charles is going to tell you about a few of them you can attend if you so desire. Well, actually, I'm going to uh, get you some names that you were asking for a while ago. Oh, okay. Um, K2A is Klaus, and he operates as AE0S. K2R is Rich, which is K0EB. And K2S is Kuhn. That was I it. Believe. Yeah, which is N7DMR. And Klaus comes out of Iowa, Rich comes out of Colorado, and Kuhn comes out of Washington. There you go. And they're there all operating go. until at least the end of this weekend. So... Yeah, well, says, as this is released. So. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it actually, there's a schedule here. Yeah, so. they have a whole schedule, which is really nice. I yeah. don't know if they're, how closely they're following that schedule, but if you go to Ars Award, Ars, I said Ars, <laughs> uh, A-R-S-A-W-A-R-D dot org, I think. Com. Uh, oh, it's dot com? Okay. Yeah, slash special hyphen event dot HTML. There you go. So speaking of special events, what do we have in the open source world? Uh, in the open source world, our first one is the Linux Plumbers Conference. I've mentioned this one before, but it is still upcoming. It is September 20th through the 24th. Of course, it's online. It's $50 is the cost. And the information is the Linux Plumbers Conference is a developer conference for the open source community. The LPC brings together the top developers working on the plumbing of Linux, kernel subsystems, core libraries, windowing systems, etc., and gives them three days to work together on core design problems. The conference is divided into several working sessions focusing on different plumbing topics, as well as a general paper track. A good topic will cut across excuse me, community boundaries and should generate vigorous discussion leading to beneficial change. Our next one is the Open Source Summit. It is September 27th through the 30th. It is online. The cost ranges from $50 to $1,250. 
And the information for that is the Open Source Summit is the leading conference for developers, architects, and other technologists, as well as open source community and industry leaders to collaborate, share information, learn about the latest technologies, and gain a competitive advantage by using innovative open solutions. Open Source Summit connects the open source ecosystem under one roof. It covers cornerstone open source technologies, helps ecosystem leaders navigate open source transformation with the Diversity Empowerment Summit, and tracks on business and compliance, and delves into the newest technologies and latest trends touching open source, including networking, cloud native, edge computing, AI, and much more. It's an extraordinary opportunity for cross-pollination between developers, sysadmins, DevOps, professionals and IT architects driving the future of technology. And our last one is the Linux Security Summit. It is September 29th through October 1st. It's online. The cost ranges anywhere from $50 to $250. And the information is the Linux Security Summit is a technical forum for collaboration between Linux developers, researchers, and end users. Its primary aim is to foster community efforts in analyzing and solving Linux security challenges. This year's event will be held in a hybrid format. Registrants can choose to attend in person in Seattle or virtually. In-person attendees will be required to be fully vaccinated against COVID-19 and wear a mask while on-site at the event. Additionally, all attendees will need to comply with all on-site health measures in accordance with the Linux Foundation Code of Conduct. All and right, very good. All. Yeah, I mean, there's probably more out there, but those are some of the bigger ones. And uh, after that, I put in here for the Linux and the Hamstack Open Source Challenge, a cut and paste of the Amateur Radio Challenge, which is to work the ARSA special event stations, K2A, K2S, and K2R, using JS8 Call on Linux. They are going to be operating on some other modes, not including JS8 Call, but, I mean, JS8 Call was the winner of the award, and that's sort of the whole point, to promote JS8 Call and to use it. And it's open source, and you should try it. I did. I counted contacted k2a using jsa call yay <laughs> yeah it says phone ft8 uh jsa call fm is that it feld hell oh they're doing feld hell yeah that's uh that was on august 31st excuse me yeah. well i guess um, uh, that yeah. opportunity has passed <laughs> oh and psk oh and which, PSK which, is on, it, which is also already passed already passed. So okay. that was on august 29th so yeah so we don't care about any of those modes anyway just use jsa call yeah it looks like they're they're drawing everything up on saturday the 4th so all right there you go get on it if you haven't already and we're down to hedonism the good stuff and we always start hedonism off with food because, you know, we all got to eat. So Cheryl's going to tell us what she's got for her recipe corner for this time around. Yeah, this time around, I am featuring peanut butter chicken and noodles, which is a quick way to make some knockoff pad thai. I love. Uh, Russ, I think, is still a little bit on the fence about it. He, he'll eat it, but I'm not sure he likes it very much. But I love it. So uh, this is a recipe that needs some udon noodles, a boneless skinless chicken breast cut into bite-sized pieces, some vegetable oil, some chicken broth, some fresh ginger root, soy sauce, peanut butter, honey, sriracha if you're brave, uh, some garlic cloves, some green onions, and some peanuts. And boil your noodles, cook your chicken, and combine the chicken broth, ginger, soy sauce, peanut butter, honey, chili paste if you use it, and garlic. Um, 
Cook that until the peanut butter melts and then stir the noodles and chicken in and you have a quick dinner. So, and Did if you, you don't want to use this, I have made this in the past. Yes. Yeah. I remember it being pretty decent Yeah, as a knockoff bad tie for sure. Yeah. yeah. And you can use shrimp or beef instead of chicken if you want to do something different. So needs fish sauce. <laughs> well, yeah, it does. But a lot of people don't have fish sauce. The rest of the stuff you can probably dig around in your cabinets and find. If you don't have fresh ginger root, you can use, you know, powdered ginger root. You know, you, you can make it work. But, you know, and a lot of people might not have sriracha. We have bottles of it. So, you know, you don't have to use that. But, you know. But yeah, no, it, true pad Chinese fish sauce. So, but you know, it's it's a quick knockoff fish sauce or fish sauce. Yeah, pad Thai recipe. So, thanks, well, no, Bill. It, it doesn't yeah. say it's pad Thai. It says it's peanut butter, no. chicken, and noodles. So I mean, well, it doesn't no, have to yeah. have fish sauce. No, that's true. Oh, I know. So. <laughs> you mentioned pad Thai knockoff. Yeah, What else? So, what are you going to drink while you're while you're pounding down your peanut butter chicken? A Hawaiian hammer. Well, hey, speaking of pounding, right. <laughs> <laughs> this is <laughs> this is definitely a summertime drink. It's fruity and very strong. Uh, you need equal parts banana schnapps, coconut rum, and one fifty one rum. You need a dash of grenadine. You need three ounces of OJ and three ounces of pineapple juice, and mix all that together and drink away. Yeah, that's that'll definitely hammer you for sure. Yeah, so you're gonna make me one later, right? Let's see, banana schnapps, coconut rum, one fifty one, grenadine, orange juice, pineapple. Yeah, we got all we that stuff. We have all of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, sure, if you want one of those, I'll make one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, moving on to my drink corner for tonight, I have the Abner Double Day Classic American Whiskey, which is only interesting to me because it came in a bottle the shape of a baseball. And, um, you know, so I bought this quite a while back in Kansas City. It comes out of Cooperstown, New York, which, uh, you know, is where the baseball Hall of Fame fame. is. So I guess, I don't know. Apparently, Cooperstown, the Cooperstown distillery that makes this whiskey is the only distillery in its county, in whatever county Cooperstown is in. So interesting. So, so they make several different things. They make a vodka, they make a bourbon, they make a whiskey, they make uh, some other things too. Uh, those are those are specific to Abner Doubleday, and then of course they have their own Cooperstown label stuff. Uh, but like I said, I saw this on the shelf. It's kind of interesting because the bottom of the thing, if you if you look at the bottom of the bottle, it's it's in the shape of a baseball diamond, and then sitting on top of the baseball diamond is an actual 118 stitch baseball as a bottle. Like I said, it comes in three different uh alcohols there's a vodka there's an american whiskey and a bourbon this is the american whiskey according to them it's a beautiful handmade whiskey that's been aged for 10 months and used american oak bourbon barrels done in a lighter style and filled in our patented specialty baseball decanter it is a remarkably smooth drinking whiskey Uh, okay that's what they say about it (laughs) so the mash bill according to what i could find is it's corn rye and malted barley in unknown quantities which likely means that it's uh it came out of indiana it's uh mgp more more than likely it does not say that they sourced their mash bill but it also does not say that they use their own grains so i'm going to assume it's mgp it tastes mgp it tastes pretty young it's bottled at 45 percent, so they at least didn't skimp there so that's 90 proof 
It's a light amber color. I've, I've actually drank, yeah, it looks like about half of this bottle. Not, not today. <laughs> I remember, I honestly remember the first few drinks I had out of this bottle being better than it is tonight. I'm not sure what to make of that. I'll have to try it again at some point just to see if my taste on it or my idea of what it's, what it is has changed or if it's just not as good as it used to be. The uh, nose on it is a uh, light vanilla, oak, caramel, a little allspice. And I, I hate to use these sort of derogatory tasting notes because I don't want to make it sound like the thing tastes bad. But honestly, it's you just have to kind of go with what your nose smells. So I put in here soured butter, and that doesn't mean like butter that's gone bad. It means something that's a cross between like sour cream and butter. Uh, you know, what I mean, it's like take that for what, what you will. I don't know how else to explain it, but that's that's what I get. Uh, the taste on it is mostly barrel spice, uh, sort of indicating its youngness. It's ute. Um, it's vanilla, a little white pepper, and what what tastes like raw oak staves. We've we've been and tasted a few whiskeys or neutral spirits where you actually age the spirit by putting oak staves into the bottle rather than um, putting it in a barrel. Uh, right off the bat, you get a lot of oak taste, and that that I get in this too indicating it's youth it's only 10 10 months aged and this is in new york which is a fairly you know overall cool climate it's not like texas things that get aged 10 months in texas get way more aged than than in new york upstate new york and then for the finish you get a pretty long finish but it's a slightly bitter finish there's a little bit of vanilla you get the barrel toast and you get that sort of oak stave note that's lingering on the tongue it's not particularly it's not like super pleasant and not super sweet. If you're into like dry wines, dry barrel aged wines and things like that, you'll probably like this a lot. It doesn't really fit my profile very well, um, but it's not terrible and it's not as good this time as I remember it being. So unfortunately, it's going to get rated pretty low. It's especially going to get rated pretty low because it's sort of all over the place on price. Depending on where you find it, it's anywhere from 35 to $45. So I went with a, a median of 40 you know, I think I, I think I paid like 36 or something for it. Something like that. Wasn't, wasn't too out of bounds, but it's, it's just not particularly interesting to me. And it hits a lot of sort of sour notes tonight, like literally and figuratively sour notes. So I'm just going to have to go with a straight 80. It's, it's not quite bad enough to, to put it in the seventies, but I sure can't go any higher than 80. So <laughs> That's the Abner Double Day Classic American Whiskey from Cooperstown Distillery. And there you go. What do you got, Bill? Uh, well, I just finished a nice CAO Landmark cigar, and I'm uh, having a little bit of a uh, good old Weller with it. And uh, great combination. So <sighs> I love Weller. <laughs> <laughs> you are definitely so a fan good. of the wheat whiskeys. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so nice and pleasant to drink. All right. Very good. Well, you know what? That means we have covered all the topics. We've done the amateur radio, we've done the open source, and we've done the hedonism. So sadly, that brings this episode to a close. But before we run out the door, we should mention the folks who are in the chat room tonight. We had Tony, K4XSS, Dan, KB6NU, Don, KC9ZMY, and Bike Me. That's Bike Me with a K. <laughs> and we did have, There's there's been a glitch with the Discord server and streaming into it. So people have had to use the... The Icecast stream, we're going to work on fixing that for the next one. It's a problem that's out of our control. Hopefully, we'll have a solution before the next live stream airs, and we hope you'll be able to join us for that one. Make sure to join us on the social media platforms. We're all over the place. 
you know, send us feedback if you want to info at lhspodcast.info and 1909-547-7469 places where you can get in contact with us. And we'd love to hear from you. Thanks to all our supporters, all our listeners. We hope you have a great couple of weeks and find something enjoyable to do and stay safe out there. And with that, we'll get on out of here. This has been episode number 426, the 77th installment of The Weekender. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. The show is recorded live every Thursday at 8pm Central Time, plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at url.bcts.info stroke LHS live. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or by using the contribute list on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. Our IRC channel is hash LHS podcast on the Freenode network and the Discord invite link is url.bcts.info stroke discord. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a local Linux convention or ham fest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info for more information or visit the homepage for details. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism. <laughs>